What is up, Laker fans? Uh, welcome to King Watch LA. This is your host, Daniel Belt, and we are live. Um, the Lakers just defeated the Warriors probably, what, 30 minutes ago? Uh, and to be honest, the contest wasn't even close. It barely even felt like an NBA game, to be honest. The past two matchups the Lakers have faced the Warriors, it's been basically just a blur. It's the Lakers smacking the Warriors around, and it's nice to see LeBron James have an easy night basically since we have a back-to-back -back tomorrow. So it's nice that he got some rest. And to be completely honest, it looked like he didn't even try the entire game. Yes, he had a triple-double with 22, 10, and 11, but it seemed he just didn't seem to care the entire game with effort on both sides of the ball. And yet the Lakers were still able to win by 31. That kind of just shows how great LeBron is, even when not like basically trying 100% and we're going to talk about that later in the episode but I mean the Lakers have won both games past all-star break and it's nice to see Kuzma and Trez keep up this level of play Dennis Schroeder had an off night tonight um it is what it is it just didn't seem to click um on the offensive side of the ball he had a lot of Dennis Schroeder what he does is he has a lot of careless turnovers where the pass is easy to make it's just he doesn't put the right either spin on it or like um velocity on the pass and it just gets stolen or it goes out of bounds and I'll never understand that since he's so talented on both sides of the ball um, he's one of our best defenders if not top three he is definitely one of our top three defenders and it's nice to see him get that recognition on the defensive side of the ball since he can hold opposing point guards and shooting guards to off nights um, Steph was cooking the first half and then didn't score that much in the second half. That's kind of because he didn't play that much in the second half. But what a what a stressless night tonight was for the Lakers. First quarter, it looked like, okay, it might be a game. The Warriors are kind of hanging tight. And then second quarter, they go on that run. Third quarter, they kind of go on that run to end the third quarter. And then the beginning of the fourth, they just blow them out. And I don't think Steph ever checked back in after the third quarter. So, a very stress-free night in Laker Nation. Um, LeBron got his rest. Basically, he only played about 31 minutes. And again, even in those 31 minutes, you can see LeBron was um, kind of coasting. And I guess that's a better word for it since, like, he is still trying at least somewhat. Um, the fadeaways he had tonight were some of his best fadeaways I've seen him make. They barely even touched rim, if rim at all. It was nothing but net when he was going for the fadeaway. Um but yeah, 22, 10, 11 in a night where you just coast against another top five MVP candidate is as much of a win as you can ask for, especially since we play the Timberwolves tomorrow night. And yes, the, re the record the Timberwolves have is kind of trash. But as of late, Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns have kind of been playing better together and they at least show somewhat of an effort on the uh, basketball court. They just beat the uh, Portland Trailblazers the other night. So we can expect, as what the Lakers always expect, is their best shot from the opposing team. Um, I hope the Lakers are ready for tomorrow. I hope Markeith Morris is able to go tomorrow because after he kind of hurt his knee in the third quarter, I didn't see him check back in, nor did he need to. Um, I didn't see him go to the locker room. It seemed like he stayed out there on the bench. So that was nice to see. Um, it's nice to see him get a three-point shooting back as well because that will be key going forward in the NBA playoffs because the Lakers will definitely make the playoffs 
even if AD's out for three or four more weeks, which we'll get to that later in the show. But Markeith is such an interesting piece for this Lakers team because he can play four and five in stretches, especially if um, Trez and LeBron are out there with him. Markeith will space the floor for Trez to be out there and also for LeBron, but what Keith can do is he can guard a four or five. He can knock down the open shot and he's willing to put his body on the line. He's kind of a physical guy. He's kind of a take no shit kind of guy. So we need that in this uh, Lakers team, especially if um, Dudley, he's still going to be on the sidelines, but with him injured, we just need that kind of like tough presence, the kind of presence that, you know, in the playoffs, you kind of need, you kind of need that guy that's just going to go out there, set some hard screens, talk a lot of trash, and just constantly show up. And that's what Marquise does. That's what he did in the bubble last season. That's what kind of helped us win championship number 17. And it's kind of nice to see Marquise go back to that. He struggled early in the season. He kind of talked about the mental hangover that playing in the bubble had for him, playing almost what, a year and a half with no offseason kind of like had for him. And then he kind of saw his minutes go down this season with the addition of Trez and Marcus Saul. So it's nice to see him being able to play to the level he thinks he can play. And it's definitely translating onto the NBA court as of now. And there's no such thing as too much depth on any NBA roster. And it's nice to see him just compete. And I can guarantee that he feels the same way about that. He's definitely ready to kind of step up whenever he's needed because he can play at that level. I have never seen him shy away from a shot. He never lacks confidence. And it's just, it's good to see him be who he is. He is the guy that's going to knock down the open shot. He will look to abuse smaller guys in the post if like a, a three is switched onto him once uh, he sets a screen for LeBron up top. Very smart player, very high IQ player. He had a blunder in game five of the NBA finals. He's not let that kind of like affect his psyche as um, some players might have since that's a huge monumental like lapse of judgment in a big game. He didn't let that affect him. He's been very solid as of late, and I'm glad that he's embracing that role. He's what started the past couple games with um, both AD and Marcus all out. So Lakers motto is if you stay ready, you'll be able to play. Um, I believe Jared Dudley installed that into this Laker team, and it's definitely – translated over to every single play on this roster. You look at THT, whose minutes are up and down almost every single night. Some nights he'll play 20 minutes, some nights he'll play five. Next night he, I believe he even started a game this year, and then it was followed by like two games where he didn't play. So if you stay ready on this Laker team, you will definitely get a shot at some point to help us win basketball. You look at Damian Jones, you look at um, Alfonso McKinney, if you stay in the moment, if you stay ready, if you're in shape, if you're wanting to contribute, you're going to get minutes at some point, especially during the season where so many injuries are happening, um, as well as COVID protocols. You're almost always going to get a chance to prove your worth or at least get some minutes for a certain stretch of basketball. That's why the NBA kind of has allowed, I believe it's a two-way contract to stay up in the NBA this year since when so many players are out, especially during tracing uh, protocols, we need NBA bodies to go out there. And, I mean, you saw that tonight with our bench. We completely annihilated the Warriors bench. Um, THT had his best game as a pro, and I want to like do like a quick segment on THT. 
THT has had a very up and down second season. Some nights he looks like he's ready to play um, meaningful minutes in the playoffs. Other games he looks like he should, shouldn't play and like he's a year away. This is why I wanted THT to get minutes last year. He's so physically gifted. He's, he can finish around he can finish around the rim at ease. He normally knows when to make the correct pass. He can drive. He can kick it out. This is why I want THT to have gotten the minutes last year because there is a role on him. There's a role on this team for him. It's very simple, very easy to see. He just needs to stop the what's it called? He needs to stop the errors on the defensive side of the ball for um, like when to switch, when not to switch, when to rotate, when to rotate. When to close out, when not to close out. He's very lost on that defense on that side of the ball, but the physical tools that he has, he should not be. So to me, it doesn't make sense because he's he's such a high IQ player on the offensive side of the ball, but defense, there's a lot of gaps, and he needs to kind of like cut that out. Like tonight, you saw with uh, Dennis Schroeder and um, THD, uh, Steph Curry was uh, pushing the ball in transition. You saw Dennis Schroeder tell him exactly where to be, and instead of coming up and stepping up, THT is still sagging off. So those are the type of plays I'm talking about where he's just making the incorrect read on defense, even when one of his teammates is pointing that out. But then you look at the offensive side of the ball tonight where he had 18 and 10. It seemed to me every play he made on the offensive side of the ball was the right play. He knew when to push. He knew when to kind of wait for the defense to kind of get settled and then initiate the offense. Um, And I'll kind of like give Kuzma credit. Kuzma knows exactly when to cut. I want to say playing with LeBron for as long as he has so far has kind of taught him when and when not to cut because LeBron does hold the ball for an excess amount of time. Like that's plain to see. So when THD is kind of holding the ball and then drilling to the basket and you see two defenders kind of collapse on him, Kuzma knows when to cut. So he's had that kind of um, experience with LeBron uh, driving to the rim and then knowing when to cut from a certain angle to get a wide open dunk at the rim. And you saw, I think THT fed Kuzma two or three times for that kind of play. I'm not saying that uh, THT can get to the rim as good as LeBron, but like the similarities are there somewhat because of the attention THT draws around the rim. Since his arms are so long, you kind of have to have the center come over and help because if not, he's going to finish over the smaller guard because THT is, even though he's a point guard slash shooting guard, whatever position he is, he always plays bigger than what he's listed as because of his wingspan. He will finish over you. He's very good at using the glass. So that's kind of the benefit of a THT. He's only 20. He has so much room for improvement. And he's also so already physically gifted and talented on the NBA court. So the sky is a limit for him as long as he kind of takes care of the mental lapse of mental lapses of judgment he has on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I believe the Lakers are still the three seed out West, which is, I mean, given AD's injury, given as long as Cruz has been out, given as long as Marcus Paul has been out, given the 71 days off season, given everything. I mean, there's not much to be upset about. I believe what 25 and 13 or 26 and 13, something like that. So there's not too much to claim to complain about on this side since we are the defending champions. We're going to be top three, top four to finish the season. Home court's not going to matter at all to me as long as we have a healthy Anthony Davis. To me, the most important thing going forward, and every NBA fan, every Laker fan will kind of talk about this, is a healthy Anthony Davis. 
as long as the Lakers do have a healthy Anthony Davis, they will have a shot, if not the best shot, to win the NBA Finals. That's not much of a shocker, and we'll go ahead and get to we'll get into um, AD being out for the foreseeable future. I'm kind of glad they're being proactive instead of reactive in um, Anthony Davis's rehab. He's going to start ramping it up sometime soon to get ready for the NBA playoffs. I kind of wish they had this mindset before they played him. I get, I believe it was for before the Nuggets game where you heard that he had calf soreness, yet he went out. And what does he do? He injures that leg. You want to save the player from himself. That's what you want to do. And yeah, that's just like, that was just awful. Um, To me, that was awful um, roster placement with AD. Like, he should have sat that game. He said his calf was sore. You definitely want to kind of – you want to be able to tell the player, hey, you need to sit. Like, we – our team's future is going to be impacted on your health. So if you're not filling up to it, who cares about a regular season game in January, February against the Nuggets? We're going to need you – in the playoffs to be hundred percent because you are a top five, top 10 player in the NBA. You are, um, you are the man, like you are Anthony Davis. You are a top five player when healthy. You showed it last season during one of the best um, championship runs of all time, where I believe only what eight players did what he did in the NBA finals, which was 25 plus points on 50, 40, 80. I believe that was the, um, kind of stat um, lineage that he was in. So if you're one of only, what, five or eight players to ever do that of all time, and there's been 60-plus NBA finals, you're in you're in a crazy category. So we go as far as AD goes, and that's not a slight to LeBron. It's just you definitely need your 1B if you're a 1A. Like, that's not shocking. Kobe wouldn't win without Shaq. Shaq wouldn't win without Kobe. Kobe wouldn't win without Powell. Powell wouldn't win without Kobe. So that's kind of like where the thinking is. And listen, we have the depth on this team to kind of um, make up for Anthony Davis's loss. You need Dennis to step up every night. You need Kuzma to step up every night. You need Trez. And for the most part, they are. What sucks is having both Marcus Hall and Anthony Davis out at the same time. So hopefully... Sometime in the near future, Marcus Hall is cleared of COVID protocols. Nothing's been said much about that. They're respecting Gasol's privacy and, I mean, good on the Lakers um, for kind of doing that. You see, like, other teams, their stuff's leaked without maybe their players' um, wants, and you kind of I, – I admire that. Even when, I believe, coming back from um, COVID last year, the Lakers didn't tell the media, the two players that tested positive, I believe, for COVID. They kind of kept it under wraps and they kept it in-house instead of, um, I believe we knew that Russ had COVID and some other players from other teams. So it was kind of cool that the Lakers kind of keep it in-house because certain players made fun of for catching COVID and they catch like heat for catching COVID, which in my opinion doesn't make sense. It's a pandemic. Everyone has a chance to get it at some point. So why make fun of people for having that when it's going to be, what? it's just, it doesn't make sense why that was a thing, but it is what it is. Um, 
even with Dennis Schroeder playing like below his standard tonight, we had enough on the bench to kind of beat the Warriors soundly. Like it wasn't a close game at all. I was able to be on my phone for most of the second half. Um, if it's a close game, I'm never on my phone as a um, Laker fan. It's just too stressful for me. I don't know why I get so wrapped up into um, every single night, but it is what it is. And we will be joined by TPJ shortly. I believe he has uh, something wrapping up later. So he'll be stopping by for a couple minutes. But we do have a lot to talk about. Um, AD is out for three, four more weeks, which means the soonest he'd be back is uh, early April. Um, I'd be shocked, actually, if he's back by early April. Um, I believe the Athletic had some news come out today that he's at least out for the next three weeks. They will be ramping up rehab so that when he comes back, he's as close to 100% as he can be. And not only that, but he's also in shape. And that's what we want, that we need a healthy AD. We need a 100% in shape AD to kind of keep this momentum going, keep this train going. And I do think he'll miss enough games to where he won't be on an all-NBA team. But as I tweeted out earlier today, Lakers do not play for regular season accolades. We play for postseason accolades. Um, the Lakers have been slighted in the MVP um, media awards for a while. This goes back to Kobe and Shaq only both getting one MVP in a Laker jersey, which they should have won more, in my opinion. If you're a top 10 player of all time, you should not be only having one MVP. And that's why the media awards are kind of trash. Yo, Daniel, I'm here, but audio only. For some reason, my camera uh, won't allow my webcam to connect. But still down to talk Lakers, man. How you doing? You look like you slizzered in there in the crib. Smacked right now. Hey, uh, we, did a, we did a beer run before the game. Uh, my, <laughs> my roommate's girlfriend is actually a Warriors fan. So, okay. so she was over and we were watching that and Lagunitas, if you're looking to sponsor us, go for it. Your, your hazy, your hazy IPA is wonderful. So yeah. The hazy IPAs are, are, are delightful. They're definitely delightful. I didn't have a drink today because I went to a Grammy party last night and we got way too drunk. So I was hungover all day. So it was just pretty damn, you know, wild overall for me. But um, I thought it was a good win for the Lakers tonight. I thought that they needed it. I definitely think that if they would have lost, it would have been more questions. Um, I think it's, it's a nice way to start the week for you guys, especially with kind of, you know, the news you guys got yesterday with AD being out for the foreseeable future. Um, how do you – I know I'm sure you've touched on it, but um, I've been hearing some rumors that his injury is pretty serious um, and that he might not return this season at all. Um, I've heard that – Within a month, he should be all right. They just – they kind of are embarrassed at themselves for letting him play that game versus the Nuggets when he said his calf was sore. So yeah. I think I think they're just being very proactive and saying, hey, don't come back until you're 100% healthy. And you kind of see the Nets doing the same, same thing with uh, KD. I don't think Anthony Davis or KD will play until, like, April 10th. Okay. And, and I do think um, AD was able to walk off the court, I mean – in a manner that normally players that suffer Achilles don't walk off the court. And I believe like certain people touch on that. I think even Pavi like pointed that out. Yeah. He, was still, he was still able to walk off in a certain way. And like, it might've been something that the Lakers didn't diagnose correctly at the beginning, but yeah, I, I do think he'll be at least 90% healthy to play in the playoffs. It's just, there's no, there's no point in bringing him back. If 
when Dennis Schroeder plays without uh, AD and he has LeBron, the Lakers are like eight and two. So there's just, yeah. there's no there's no point in bringing him back until he's 100. percent Yeah. Do you think that that will hurt you all in the long run in terms of chemistry, or do you think that they figured it out based upon what happened in the bubble? AD, to, in my opinion, is one of the easiest players to play with. He is a top three defender in, in the league. In my opinion, he's the best defender in the league. And then he can score at will at almost every level. So mm-hmm. you have that with LeBron. I don't think anyone needs to worry about AD, especially when AD's been as vocal as he has been on the sidelines. If you look at any – If you look at every single Laker game, he's on the sidelines with a tablet. And it's mm-hmm. every single game. He's almost in every single huddle. You saw him tonight yeah. in the fourth quarter. He's, I think he's trying to embrace the next stage of his career where he has to be the leader of a team. Okay. And with the Pelicans, you saw like it, it was AD's team, but Rondo was kind of the voice. Yeah. With now, you see kind of AD trying to like amplify his own voice while yeah. LeBron's still there. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I, 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 I do think that the maturation, um, in terms of you know you know for ad in terms of him stepping in and becoming more of a leader it's something that was needed especially kind of after last year i felt like he was a better player on the team but i think ultimately um you know he wound up having to kind of take the back seat to lebron um just because lebron is lebron so i think what he's learned is like okay i can be the guy once lebron leaves Mm -hmm. let me see how LeBron does what he does because if it's one thing people have always said about LeBron is that he's a great teammate and his teammates love playing with him because he makes everybody feel like they're brothers even to the point where you know former teammates have gotten mad like he betrayed me he made me feel like he was my brother and then they traded me like you know what I mean yeah so I just think he's picking up that tutelage and that knowledge from LeBron and I think it's good I do worry for you guys because I'm starting to move in some different circles now Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm here. So I just was hearing today that AD's injury is a lot more serious than people might think. Um, and that don't be surprised if he doesn't come back at all this season. Now, that's not to say that it will happen, it's just to say, do not be surprised if he doesn't come back this season because the muscle that he, you know, aggravated was not his Achilles muscle, it's still it's one of the ones surrounding the Achilles mm-hmm. muscle. So you don't want the integrity of that to, you know, be bad. And then he winds up snapping his Achilles when you guys just sign him to that long ass deal and you want to keep him around forever. Um, and also, you know, AD is a guy that I like AD, but if he if he were to suffer a major injury like uh, an Achilles or something like I know, obviously, he's major right now. I mean, but like literally you could tear it or anything. That's at the point where then shit is going to be really, really kind of sticky um, for the Lakers because. Can't really do anything with him. He's also a guy that I don't care what anybody says. If he wasn't, if he didn't have his athleticism, he wouldn't be as great as he is. He's a very skilled, in, in, you know, individual basketball player. But his athleticism allows him to to react and recover extra fast, to make up ground. He jumps very high. He's always had a great horizontal and vertical, you know, in terms of moving. Any one of those kind of injuries, and I think he'll turn into a better scoring version of Boogie. And that is the issue that I think that the Lakers need to take into account when they actually are looking at what they want to do with this team going forward. Because I think you need, like, to me, twenty twenty one doesn't matter if I'm the Lakers. Like, like, Braun, go do your go do your run. If you can get back to the finals, or we can make it deep in the playoffs, maybe. But if he's still, 
playing or some get reaggravated. I see you've been out there shooting, but I don't know. It's it's interesting because they have done a good job, especially now that the reporters are not are not there in person anymore. They've done a good job of being able to keep a lot of that stuff kind of in-house and under wraps and being able to control the narrative. So all I'll say is I hope he's there. But I was hearing today from some people in some circles that like uh, he might be a little hurt, hurt. So, yeah. And like, to be honest, he was hurt, hurt in the finals. He just played through it. If you he was supposed to be the finals MVP, if you watch game one, game two, yeah. he, was, he was the best player on the court. He did something to his foot. And you heard LeBron James talk about it on like it was like road tripping podcast. Mm-hmm. His foot was black and blue. Yeah. And he was still out there games four, five and six. Not AD, but he was still able to like make an impact. And that's when do you bring him back if he's at 75 percent, but there's a high risk that he aggravates that and kind of snaps it or do you wait till he's 100 next year um i hope it's not severe this season so he can return because yeah again, like i said lakers don't play for regular season we play for postseason yep. so we'll see Roll the championship number 18 yeah so yeah no i feel you 100 on that um what i wanted to talk to you specifically about because we were having this argument on who got game which is uh hmb media slash slick studios baron davis's slick studios we produce a show fantasy basketball show called who got game and today we had glasses Malone on um and he was on a show with hoops and brews as well as baron davis and jason's own fisher and we were having this argument about lebron Kawhi, and Giannis. And bd was basically saying that after Giannis got chipped off and knocked out of the playoffs early he doesn't deserve to be to, to win a third mvp he thinks that LeBron this year deserves to be MVP, which I'm like, how the fuck? LeBron ain't even better than Embiid or or Jokic. Uh, but he also was saying that basically that, that you know, the reason why the Clippers don't work is because LeBron is a playmaker and a point guard and that the Clippers don't have a, a, a point guard, but Kawhi is supposed to be the playmaker on the team. And we were basically arguing like, no. LeBron is a playmaker. Kyle Lowry was a playmaker when he was on the Raptors. Now Kawhi is kind of being forced into a role that's not really his role. Um, and then we were kind of, but we were talking about all of it in the context of who should be MVP, who's actually has more real world value in today's game between LeBron, Giannis, and Kawhi. What do you think about that? I think if anyone's arguing against LeBron not being the most valuable, valuable player in the league, you're wrong. He, he definitely is still the most valuable player just because, like you said, he can initiate offense for everybody. Mm-hmm. That is not Kawhi Leonard's game, and that's why the Clippers almost didn't make sense for him as a basketball fit last year because you kind of looked at the Clippers roster, and it was Pat Bev as a point guard can't initiate, and then Lou Will who kind of can't play late in the game. Yeah. So that's why, like, yes, they Clippers have a great team. It's just late when you need a basket – Who's going to initiate that offense if, like, during the playoffs when the defense gets very tight? Yeah. And that's why, like, if the Clippers do get Kyle Lowry. They probably won't. It's a lot of cap room. Luke Kennard would have to be traded. Pat Bev would have to be traded. And probably Marcus Morris would have to be traded. And a three-team trade involved in that. It's a lot. And and they gave up most of their picks. So, I don't think it'll happen. But but they they do need a point guard because that's not Kawhi's game. And that's why – the has not been better than Jokic, by the way. Sorry. Go ahead. My bad. Um, early in the season when Paul George is kind of uh, creating more, I, I think there was like a couple of stretches where he had uh, five-plus assists in like 10 straight games, something like that. That was a huge leap for him because if the Clippers are going to be successful late, they need one of their duos to 
mm-hmm. be able to initiate offense. That's why when you hear the Laker fans want Anthony Davis being able to so, pass out of a double team, the Laker fans were also wanting AD to become a better passer just because when yeah. they send a double, AD has to have a counter move. He didn't have that basically in New Orleans, and then last season early he struggled. But you need to be able to pass if you're going to be valued as a top-five player. That's why I do think Steph kind of got underrated because he was a great and willing passer mm-hmm. in that system. Mm-hmm. Steph can make all the passes LeBron and Dame makes out of the trap you see when he gets at yeah. that half court. Yeah, so that's I why. Agree. That's why, in my opinion, LeBron is still the most valuable player in the league. Will it go no, to him? But no, but okay. No, if but you, okay. If you replace, no. take Jokic off that team. What are they? That's a real question. But who are you replacing him with? It don't fucking matter. You put LeBron on the Nuggets. They're irreplaceable. Gonna, you put LeBron no. on that Nuggets healthy. They're not the same. LeBron got. That mean LeBron got to go out there and, and average nine rebounds then. Or ten re and actually that means he got to go out there average ten rebounds and nine assists. You can, get someone, get, you can, you can someone you can get someone to get rebounds. The assists. Jamal Murray, he he little Kyrie, but he ain't that little Kyrie. He ain't that much of little Kyrie. Go ahead, I'm I, listening. To my bad. I, I think they've been playing better as of late, right? Yeah. Just as the Heat have. So like I heard, and we'll talk about this for a little bit. We heard last season how the bubble didn't matter because look at the record with the Heat and the Nuggets, and I believe it was. Yeah, the Celtics, or whatever. You look at the Heat now. Jimmy Butler's back, and they've been playing. They've won what ten out of eleven. So like, the bubble wasn't a, a, a asterisk. It was just it was an asterisk. But I feel you. These teams needed more than seventy-one days off. Yeah, and and like you hear Markeith Morris and other players tell you how mentally draining that bubble was, and they got to be ready to go seventy days after. Like it was going to take a mental toll on any team that went deep in the yeah. playoffs. And even with Markeith Morris, who is a vet, this is a veteran player who's been shipped around the league a couple of times, who's gone through some things. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I do think that I'll put it this way. Even for me, I had the the finals happen, and and they ended in what October? October twelfth was when the Lakers won number okay. seventeen. Okay, I had my child October twenty fifth. The season came back December 22nd. I run the fucking media company. Mm-hmm. I have not had a break and I have a newborn. Mm-hmm. Like I have not had a break at all. And I have a newborn baby. So, and I cover the Clippers as a reporter. I do. So it's like, it, it, it is, it does take a toll on you, but I still believe it's an asterisk that belongs on that only simply because of the fact that you saw a lot of guys that were not primetime players step up and play like primetime guys because there was no fans around. I think, honestly, the guys that you'll see from the start of the season to the finish of the season will be completely different players too because most of these guys were playing in an arena where it was just media there. So it was literally less than 100 people in the whole arena. Now Texas is all the way fucking open, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Texas is all the way open. Florida been doing what they doing. I think there's been, uh, you know, fans at the Hornets games, fans at the Bucks games. So now you're starting to get more and more fan interaction. I think as more people get vaccinated, the you know, the capacity is going to get back up to 10,000. And them same busters that was shooting in an open gym and was having fun with that fake crowd noise, we're going to see how it feel when it's really real people out there watching you 
and, and you know, in mass and not just like a hundred people. Because when I'm in that arena, when I'm in Staples Center and there's no fans there, it feels like I'm watching a private open run. Yeah. But they just got on their NBA jerseys. Yeah. So. But if you look at the Lakers, I'm not, I, I, no, no, wrong. I'm not taking their ring away. I think if you won, you won. But, but also at the same time. I take all that back because it was still extenuating circumstances all around. And at that point in time, we didn't know who the fuck could live or could die from this. So I take it back. Let them have their ring, man. I don't have nothing to say about the Astros. I take that back. Because if you look at the Lakers, they were the number one seed out West all year last year. Yeah. And nothing AD or Braun did differently pre-bubble, post-bubble, and bubble has been different. Yeah. So that's why for them, at least, it makes sense. They were the best team the entire season. For other teams – I don't, I don't even like to say the Heat were a fluke run because, in my opinion, the Heat, the heat were a fluke run. I think if Jimmy's if Jimmy's healthy and so is Drogic, that team will go very far. Yeah, but you forgot Ben went healthy last year. Simmons, Ben, ben Simmons went healthy last year. So who's to say they would have got where they would have got last year if Ben would have been healthy? Like it's just something feel like it was just a lot of extenuating circumstances, and also the Heat fucking. Wind up being on some fucking we believe Warriors fluke shit, bro. They were not supposed to fucking beat the goddamn Milwaukee Bucks. They were supposed to lose in five, but they fucking zoned up. Giannis did that goddamn washing machine ass spin into a double team again and again and again. He got then he tweaked his ankle because he tweaked his ankle. I don't care what anybody said. They can say they can, you can clown him. He should have been out there. I don't care what nobody said. But he tweaked his ankle. He's a franchise. We knew the franchise offered him that kind con- or that was going about to offer him the super, super max. So if I'm Giannis, hell no, I'm not going to go and fucking risk me losing fucking $270 million for tearing my ACL or some shit because I'm, I want to play in the second round against the Heat. Fuck the Heat and fuck this goddamn bubble. I want to go home. And that goes back to your MVP um, conversation that you had on Slick. Um, MVPs have counters. If you're going to be a three-time MVP, you have to have counters. When people I think throw he's developed, I think he's developed counters. The problem is, I, I was saying this about LeBron. When you know Avery Johnson and that Mavericks defense really changed LeBron's life because they because they zoned him so hard in that series he couldn't even shoot. He just was passing, looking like he was Draymond. That made him think, all right, I gotta extend my range. I can't be in the mid range like Mike because they just gonna load up the mid range in the paint. And the game is spreading out, and the guys are bigger, more athletic, more agile. I got to move back. And that's why you saw, if you look after that, bronze three-point numbers fucking shot through the roof in terms of his three-point output. So Giannis is just on the natural progression. LeBron, at the age of 26, was a two-time MVP. He had been to the finals once, or I think he this would have been the first year he would have went to the finals. And he had a bag, but he didn't have, like, he had two moves in that bag. And then Avery Johnson ran that zone, and he was like, nah, I got to extend, I got to get something in there, and I got to add that three ball. And you really saw LeBron as a three point shooter really take off after that. Giannis has to find whatever that after that is because they figured out the Euro through the lane dunk. That's move one. Last year, through the regular season, spin move, like because 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 before, if he coming full speed, you expecting the euro. So you expecting to either like you really kind of like this. Then he fucking busts out and just start hitting you with a crazy right or left spin. So you expecting him to euro. He do this ball fake spin. He gone. Yep. Boom. Done. You load up the paint. That's gone. What's the third move? That's where he really has to get to. 
Yeah. I really believe that. I think 2011 was one of LeBron's lowlights, but I think it was one of the best things that ever happened to LeBron James. Because yeah. you have to go back into the lab and kind of figure out what to do after that. And I think 2011 has helped him progress into 2021. Him being able to shoot from three, him being able to just kind of like dictate the offense from mm-hmm. above the three-point line has helped him kind of succeed 10-plus years later. And, yes, being what being abused by J.J. Barea for that play or whatever, I mean, that's one of the <laughs> things that will stick yeah, in people's like, minds yeah. for a long time. But That man, J.J. Barea, my height, he's 5'9", a buck, he's, a buck 80, bro. You, LeBron, you 6'8", 250. Like, he probably is not a four-time NBA champion if it wasn't for that series. Yeah. And he's probably not 1A or 1B for the greatest players of all time without that series because he had to go back and rework. And yeah. I think even you and I marveled at his 2018 playoff stretch. And yeah. then not only did he do that after 2018, he did it in 2020, and he's still doing it in 2021. Um, I think that was a necessary evil for LeBron James to go through. Maybe this happens for Giannis. Maybe Giannis, the, you gotta say Giannis because the fans be Giannis. mad. People call that man Giannis. You it's and that, they be mad as hell. His name is Giannis, not Giannis. Oh, I might just call that man Mariah's man. I'm crying. <laughs> I'm crying, bro. That is but yeah, for Giannis, um, he's what top? He will finish top two, top three MVP voting for the next ten plus years. There's nothing stopping Giannis from being in that range so yeah if he ever develops counter c to what the defense throw at him the bucks will win an nba nba championship like magic johnson kind of said magic johnson said Giannis will bring a championship to milwaukee um and then Jokic and Embiid's yeah. having one hell of a year but you kind of see the sixers can still run at a high pace without him yeah um, Jokic, I do think the Nuggets will fall off if uh, Jokic is out. So, like, I get the Jokic love. Um, he's Jokic is also averaging like 27, 11 boards, and eight point something assists. Um, if Zabonis' dad was able to come to the NBA in his prime, he, he wouldn't I, be better than Jokic. He I, I be think Jokic. still wouldn't be better. He would be not fired. better than Jokic, but like, you kind of see the. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's definitely he's definitely of the of the I mean from the school of Sabonis. But if you ask me who who would be a, the better player, it's Jokic because I, because a lot of people don't realize Avridis was really fucking big. Mm-hmm. He was really fucking big playing in an era where there were a lot of really big guys. Now the big guys, even Jokic, when he, I saw him last year and I called him fat, he won he won as big as the big guys back then. He won Todd McCullough big, Sean Bradley big, like so. I think Avridis would struggle a little bit because they were defensively, they would just put him in switches all game. I think even with Jokic, like he didn't figure out how to maneuver within through these defenses and still be uh, able to, to, you know, you know, to kind of maintain his, um, his power as a center while sometimes getting pulled away from the basket. I think the thing that Jokic does a lot um, that saves him, especially because he's so big, is he's a guy that although he's big and he plays on a perimeter on offense, when he's on defense, he's usually crashing the glass. So that allows him to get a defensive rebound, and then he's one of the best outlet passes in history. That's down the court, easy layup. Avridis was big. Get your big ass down that court and get back down there in case Shaq or whoever down there so they can't bump you out of position. Jokic, 
I crash to the board, y'all get out and run. I'm gonna throw you the ball. So I think they're two different types of big men, but I do think that Jokic has caught him. I thought like two years ago, like Jokic ain't gonna be that fire. I lied. I was wrong. I was very, very wrong. What is it? Imagine Giannis winning the ring and the finals MVP with the Bucks like Kareem did in 71. That would be interesting 50 years later. Um, it would be, but Daniel, I'm about to get out of here. Go hang out with my family. I'm sure you're about to wrap up soon. I appreciate you, fans. The audio of this podcast will be up um tomorrow on all streaming platforms. So make sure you search at King Watch LA or King Watch, or you can find us at um Hoops and Brews or search HB Media. Um, and we appreciate you guys. We know it's kind of late, it's like 2 a.m. on the east coast and all of that, but. Daniel's here. He's making content for your Lakers fans. He's here to every LA week. Bird. Every week. Every week. Let's get it. All right. I'll get up with you later, Daniel. Have a good night. See you, TV. Um, so kind of what he was saying with um, Jokic, if Jokic can prove, improve on the defensive side of the ball, he will win at least probably two MVP awards in my mind. I do think AD has um, an MVP with his name on it. Maybe next year if he's 100% healthy coming off of uh, chip number two, but we'll see. Um, are the Lakers past our slump? I would hope so, um, especially if we can get Marcus Hall back. You kind of see the three-point shots are kind of going in tonight, and the Lakers are a different team when um, – the Lakers are a, def- a different NBA team when the three-point shot has fallen because we will always be – as long as we have Trez, AD, Braun – and Kuz, we will be one of the teams that finishes the best around the uh, the rim. We will always be very efficient inside the paint. We will always be very efficient in the mid-range with both a LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But if our three-point shot is falling, like just league average, we don't need to be um, – the Lakers don't need to be superb from the three-point line. But as long as we are league average from the three-point line, we're going to be very hard to beat, especially if Anthony Davis is healthy. Um, as TPJ was referring to, uh, a lot of people kind of thought with today that AD's injury might be something worse. Um, he might be gone for the whole season. Um, I do think we might've known by now if it was season ending, uh, because we have gotten some positive reports that he's going to start amping up the, uh, rehab to get towards, um, being able to play 100%. I don't think we would be seeing him getting shots up and doing like the pregame work if he wasn't coming back this season. And I also think surgery would have surgery would have happened if it was season ending. Um, I don't want to freak out, but if like it, if it is season ending, okay, we got chip number one in your first season in LA. Get back fully healthy. Um, the Lakers can still make a late playoff push even without ad will they win the finals no but the lakers will go as far as ad's health takes them this season um kind of with last year if ad wasn't healthy we wouldn't have won but also lebron being healthy lebron is one of the in my opinion one of the craziest athletes of all time because he's never had a severe injury outside of the groin injury in 2018 2019 where he did come back He didn't miss an extended period of time. His injury luck almost rivals Tom Brady, where Tom Brady only missed one season with that knee. And every season past then, he's been winning. He's been winning a Super Bowl or at least playing in a Super Bowl. Um, 
Tom Brady and LeBron James are one of the two best athletes that have gotten the benefit of uh, health on their side as well, because you've seen other greats lose a season or multiple or father time finally catches up. Those two father time has never caught up yet. As you see with LeBron being a finals MVP last year. And we'll go back to Paul. Cool. As long as Giannis comes, as long as Giannis comes to LA and kind of fulfills the destiny as Kareem once did as well. Um, I, I do want to think the Lakers have passed the slump. You kind of see Kyle Kuzma, his mindset has definitely changed last season. He was, I wouldn't say complaining for looks, but you can see times last season where he wasn't um, fully invested in games. He was kind of taking plays off this, this season. He's looking to crash the glass on almost every single miss. doesn't matter if it's on the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, he's going to go crash the glass. Now you're seeing him taking the open shot, not forcing things, knowing he has LeBron James, Dennis Shooter, and others who will kind of create a advantage for him. If Dennis drives the lane, someone's going to collapse. Kuzma's going to be wide open. Either let it fly from three, pump fake, drive, and take the easy mid-range that he's very capable of hitting, get to the rim, drop it off to THT, to Trez, which he did tonight. Tonight was, if you watch what the Lakers did, the Lakers role players did, T, or Montrez Harrell got so many easy looks because the Lakers didn't take the good shot. Instead, they wanted to create the great shot or the better shot, as you hear on a lot of NBA broadcasts. If you move the ball, if you're swinging the ball, if you're looking to make plays for other people, the game becomes a lot easier. This is what has been passed down from, from Hubie Brown for years in my brain. If you look to set your teammate, to set your teammate up with a way better look than the look you're getting, your team is going to be more successful than not, um, especially if you have a player like LeBron or an AD where when those possessions don't create those looks that they can still get a bucket. You saw LeBron James hit, I think, three or four fadeaways tonight where it was end of the shot clock. Um, for other players, it's, it's a bad look, but for him, it's a good look. You kind of get the reference with PG Dame, but... It was just a lot of unselfish basketball tonight. I don't know how many assists we had, but I want to say it was a season. If it wasn't a season high, it was definitely top five. The ball was moving. Um, it's good to see KCP back. Um, he had the four-point play. I believe he had two other threes. And when KCP is running to the corner in transition and just shooting the wide-open three-point shot that he's taking, we need that. That's what we saw in the bubble last season. Um, that's what is going to help our team kind of get over that hump from the three-point line. When you see him pump fake the three, then dribble drive, that's not what KCP is supposed to do. That's not what this team is kind of built to do. We can run a chance. We can miss open threes, but you have to take the open threes. Don't pump fake, and then you see Wes, you see KCP, you see Keith. If they pump fake, dribble, and look to pass, normally it's going to be a turnover. Uh, I don't know what it is about those things, but the defense adjusts, the defense rotates. They're prepared for that. We just need you to take the open three because Kuzma has shown, Trez has shown, LeBron has shown, when AD is healthy, he has shown. They can get that offensive rebound and offensive putback. We just need to be in position to take those open threes. LeBron's going to generate a ton of open threes from anywhere on the court. So if it's open, take it. You're here for a reason. You're here to be a role player. Your role is to take the open three when it's there. I don't care if it's 
This is a message for Wes Matthews, KCP, Markeith, THT, Kuz, Marcusol. One of my um, frustrations with Marcusol in the beginning of the season is he had so many open looks for three, but he would decide to dribble, pick up his dribble, and then look to pass, and then it was just a disaster after that because a player went to the three-point line instead of cutting or the or Marcusol misread um, the action that we were running. It was just not what we needed at the time where instead if he just takes the open three if he misses cool but like you're getting in rhythm you're getting a touch this is what you're here for basically um we're a high oiled well-ran machine if every single player is doing kind of what they're here for to do that's why when we're healthy we don't need these players to do more than they're asked for like when ad is back Innocent doesn't need to be 100% ball to the wall in offense because it's like we have LeBron James and AD clamp up defensively. That's why we have the role players that we have. Most of our role players can both clamp up defensively and not be a liability on offense. Some players this season, we have a, like even Trez, he's been a way better defender than advertised. Yes, he's not going to go out there and stop um, Embiid or Jokic for extended period of time because like who else can? They're playing at an MVP level. They're, they're top three, top four MVP voting voter getters. So, like, why should we expect Montrez to do differently than what every other single center out there is doing defensively? Why judge us defensively if Anthony Davis is not out there as well? So to be the record that we are without AD is kind of how Nets fans feel about their record and where they are without KD. Both excellent, both top in their conference, basically. Both probably will be playing in the NBA Finals, and they will probably match up together. Then that's where the contrast of styles comes into play. The Lakers can't play big. The Nets can't. The Nets can score from the three. Wait, crazy with Joe Harris, KD, Harden, Kyrie. Lakers, eh, but the Lakers have the interior battle with Gasol, AD, LeBron. So, like, that's just a contrast of styles. That'll be a very fun kind of um, topic to get into. Do I think Kawhi is leaving? Who knows? I don't. I don't think he does. Um, I do think Kawhi should have signed with the Lakers last season. I think that's what made most sense for him, both as a um, competitor and as a like legacy kind of play. Come to LA if if Kawhi signed with the Lakers last season, the Lakers three feet, like without a doubt. Kawhi, LeBron, AD. I don't even think it's close. As long as all three are healthy, they will three peat. Even if two of the three are out there, they probably still at least go back to back. And I do think the Lakers still go back to back this season. If AD's health is anywhere near 70% or below, and he's just hobbling out there, then obviously that changes. But as long as AD is able to play and play meaningful, I do think the Lakers repeat. And I'm about to get out of here. Let's get into our last topic, which is um, I do want to talk a little bit about the game. And I don't, it's not slandered towards the Warriors. It's just if THT looks that good against you, it kind of tells to me that. The rest of your roster is G League level slash 10-day contract um, level. Because as we've seen, THT against better defenses, 
he makes a lot of careless mistakes, but tonight he seemed to make every correct play, every correct read, every correct pass, knew when to attack baseline, knew when to dribble back out and then go back to attacking baseline. Those are some of the things you saw THD, THT do tonight where in other games the defense kind of knew how to get him out of his spots tonight. THT destroyed um, Poole, Mannion, and the rest of the G League Warriors that might be out there. And if the Warriors kind of hit on their second-round picks, undrafted things, and late first-round picks, kind of like the Lakers have in the past couple of years, like you see, you look around the league, you see a lot of Lakers second-round picks, late first-round picks around the league, around the league doing well. You look at Larry Nance. You look at Sophie Mikhailuk, you look at um, Thomas Bryant when healthy, you look at Jordan Clarkson, you see what the Lakers have found in the second round and the late first round. If the Warriors were able to kind of hit on that with Steph Curry, they wouldn't be 20 and 20 right now or whatever. Are they 19 and 19, 20 and 20? They're 500. If the Warriors were able to have the success in the draft that the Lakers have had, We've heard the Lakers only succeeded because they had all these top picks in the NBA draft year after year after year. But then you look at what Clarkson, Kuzma, Hart, Wagner, Bryant, and all these other players are kind of having in the league. You kind of realize that it wasn't luck, that it wasn't just that we had top picks with Ingram, um, Randall, and Lonzo. Like even at the time, Randall wasn't, a popular pick at the time ingram wasn't the popular pick lonzo was in my opinion i thought lonzo might have gone one but tonight like we had ad out we had marcus all out we had alex caruso out yes the warriors had clay thompson out but clay thompson isn't better than ad yet we were able to smack the hell out of the warriors by what 30 plus tonight 30 plus last game and the lakers should not have lost that first game against the Warriors. The the Lakers blew that game. The, that was one of the – when I look back at this season, that's the only game that I can't wrap my head around. I just don't know what happened that second half. I don't know why they lost, but they should have been in no position to lose that game. Those games do happen, but anytime the Lakers and the Warriors have been on the court, you don't see a 20-point – like you see a 20 point gap between those two teams and the Lakers had three players out tonight that will be playing in um, the playoffs and the Warriors had what, one out. So I don't know. I don't know what the Warriors have done. I don't know what pool Pascal, even though I like Pascal, he's, he's very deadly in the mid range. He always seems to play with a lot of energy. He always seems to be up for the moment, but I don't know, just whenever I've seen the Lakers play the Warriors healthy, not healthy, they don't look like they belong on the same basketball court. And that's, I don't know, if that leads to the, if KD never goes to Golden State, whatever, you guys can get into that. It's just, it's kind of shocking to see the talent disparity even when similar injuries are out. But um, we will leave King Watch LA on that note. I'm happy as hell to see the Lakers going back to winning basketball games. Uh, that's two in a row. Hopefully it's three tomorrow night after we beat the ten, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. It'll be um, it'll be interesting to see if LeBron actually plays tomorrow night. I know he said it's go time, but 
we play what five games in seven days this week, which is nuts, which is almost as crazy as if the Lakers actually finished out the season last year, we were going to play, I believe it was four games in five nights. So five games in seven nights is almost as nuts as that um, run. So if we can start off the week two and zero after playing a back to back, knowing we have three games left in the week, that'll be very nice to see. Knowing we have Anthony Davis out for as long as we do, it'll be good to beat up on the below five hundred teams because we need every win as possible. We need every win that we can get. Basically, if we wanted to stay in the top four, top three. And even hell, we're only what two, two and a half games away from the first seed. So we can definitely still make a run for the first seed. If we do become the first seed out West and the first seed in the NBA, you can definitely bet on LeBron James winning MVP because even as awful, like I think LeBron played like trash tonight, but again, he got 22, 11, and 10. That's just kind of the standards that have been set by LeBron James himself. When I see those numbers, I kind of go, eh, and then especially if you watch the game, you saw a lot of dumb turnovers. That's the level of greatness LeBron James has. And a 30-plus point win where he gets 22, 11, and 10, if that's a very subpar game for him, that's just the level of excellence he has set for himself. And all the GOATs have done that. Like There were games where I've seen Kobe, Shaq, Pau, even AD put up numbers where I was even like left, I was left unsatisfied. That's kind of like what LeBron James did tonight. And I do think him staying in as long as he did in the fourth quarter to get that triple double. I mean, to me, that's trash, but cool. But like triple doubles are great. Those stats are great. It'll be great to see 20 years from now. But like LeBron James had no business being on the basketball court in the fourth quarter backing down Nico Mannion for uh, those two free throws or where every single Laker player got away from the ball after they missed that three with 6.30 to go. Like, that was just – that was trash to me. But, like, congrats on getting the triple-double. Like, he is our best player on the team. Earlier I said he's still the most valuable player out of every single player in the league, whether he gets the award or not. But, yeah. Anyways, this has been Daniel Belts. This has been King Watch LA. Make sure you follow on Twitter. And yes, like TPG, TPJ said, this will be available on all streaming platforms tomorrow. And it's been fun chatting with you guys. And I'll probably be on Thursday or Friday with uh, either a post-game recap or looking forward to um, the weekend. Give you guys a little preview with who we face and the double-double or the um, back-to-back we face later in the week. This has been Daniel Belt, and I've had a pleasure talking to all of you guys, and um, I'll see you guys next time.